0: This just in, the ongoing comic book discussion podcast confirms comic books are cool. Let me get into my seat and let me get into my Cory podcasting voice. <laughs>
1: You have a podcasting voice.
0: You really do. I, 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 I I guess. Well, I'm sure we all do, right? I think you know you probably do. uh, We all probably do. It's in some. It's a performance voice, wouldn't it be?
1: You're you're probably right. Like I'm just kind of like, hey, what's up? I'm Tess. But then (laughs) you'll be talking to me on Skype, and then you'll be like. Hey, so you went to get your nanny's haircut today, and how it. it's like I can't even duplicate it, but it's different. I'm like, whoa, are you recording? What's happening?
0: <laughs> I know that was funny. You're like, wait, what's going on? Are we recording? And I was like, no, we're just talking.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, when I was editing the episode from last week for Rat Queens, you had the um, the the Obsidian Darkness group, and you your voice was so like drummer high school drummer kid like the way you did their voice and I was like he's funny that was good that was a good voice
0: (laughs) thank you thank you well and and yeah as as someone who's taken groundling classes I I will take that compliment (laughs) from you (laughs) oh yeah
1: no I mean it's not even voices it's just like I was like whoa where are we what character is he awesome I was there (laughs)
0: so you said you and hubs are getting to enjoy a weekend of disney plus right what uh what do you guys got on the docket what do you want to watch besides clearly the mandalorian
1: but I know and we watched that last night holy cow um yeah let's see well we do still want to watch Star Wars together from beginning to end I actually started getting into like the Imagineering uh, series that they have on there and it was about how they made Disneyland and it goes it shows pictures it shows video of like Walt Disney talking to the camera about and this is why we have this and they make the Pirates of the Caribbean animatronics and how they made the ride why they made the ride who wrote the the guy who wrote the story the guys who wrote um it's a small world like they're all on there it it was just crazy like they're still alive and they're talking i'm like whoa you guys are time
0: capsules that's really cool i saw it on the not the queue but i guess you know in in the list and i was like oh cool they're actually adding some kind of documentary programming which i would really like to see on on various aspects of disney you know and is it a series is it like are there different episodes in it or is it just one documentary movie style
1: well, it says season one, episode one. So I think it's a season, but the first episode's like an hour and some change. Like it's, oh. I thought it, it was like a movie. It felt like a movie. It, nice. it, it ended nicely. So I'm like, I don't know where they're going to go from here. Nice. Walt Disney died at the end. I don't know if everybody <laughs> knew that. And uh, I'm like, okay, what are they going to do next? But. Who knows? What about you guys? You guys are watching... What are you watching right now? Other than The Mandalorian? Hello, yeah. Well,
0: we've we've taken on the task the same as you and your husband. We want to watch uh, Star Wars from the beginning all the way up. And, you know, by the beginning, I, I mean, personally, uh, episode one. So we want to do them in order chronologically in the films, not chronologically when they came out. So we gotcha. just watched uh, Phantom Menace the other <gasps> night. I mm. I haven't seen that many movie i gotta say 16 years 15 years at 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 least and it's yeah it's been a while and i gotta say after after revisiting it it's probably still my least favorite star wars movie but i don't hate it like i didn't hate it like you know i did when i probably first saw it and i actually found a little bit of nostalgic love for it and i i appreciated the the story in the movie a little bit more and of the prequels, of the three prequel films, it's the only one that was shot in film. Where he he transitioned huh. to all digital in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. So
1: right, and it, it, nothing looked real.
0: Right, exactly. This one had actually a tactile feel to it because mm-hmm. they use a lot of real locations and and it's and it's shot on film, which I still think. Gives movies a, a quality that, that just yes. makes them more real than these hyper... other. It, when you go hyper real with digital, it almost feels fake for some reason, you know? Um, yeah. But anyways, that's... Yeah, so we... We're tackling that. That's our goal. And if we, the main goal is to do all the episode films before episode nine drops. But if it looks like we can have time to insert Solo and Rogue yes. One into it, like where they're supposed to be, mm-hmm. then we will do it. But, you know, we'll, we'll know when we get through Revenge of the Sith whether, you know, we can do Solo or not. And we'll see how much time and try to figure it out. But we really want to be you know watch them all up into uh you know episode nine and as an added bonus uh they're all the 4k restorations so i don't Mm -hmm. know if you've even like just scanned through a new hope i just loaded up a new hope and just kind of like jumped you know 30 minutes here and there just looked around It looks amazing in 4k
1: really yeah See, okay, look, I've watched the whole series probably once all the way through, and then like the older ones like three or five times, or maybe just three times. But um, but like I don't know a whole lot. So when you say like a new hope, I'm like, is that number? Oh, yeah, five? sorry. Yeah, no, yeah.
0: N- no worries. That's uh the number four, the number original four. Star okay. Wars. Yeah, <laughs> got is, you. Is, yeah, and it's funny because when it first came out, like 1977, it, um, it was just called Star Wars. It didn't even have huh. a, a New Hope in the opening crawl. Uh okay. it, it didn't have any of that. They added, George Lucas added that, I believe, because right, you got to understand, like, when, when it came out, you know, 77, mm-hmm. it was blockbuster, huge, right, everything, craziness. But, it would, like, because there was no video back then, videotapes and everything didn't really take off to, like, you know, 85 and everything, you know, a little bit earlier, but mainstream, say, like, Blockbuster and all that kind of stuff, like, that's when VHS really took off. But before that, you had no way, really, of seeing movies over again. So they would just re-release Star Wars in the theater every summer. Like, so, like, the following summer... You could see Star Wars again because it was being re-released, and then after Empire Strikes Back came out, they would re-release Star Wars or re-release um, Empire together uh, during the summer times, and wow. it, it became a practice that that kind of faded away um, in the '80s because also TV networks would would pick it up, and HBO would get the rights to show the movie or something, and but before that, like they would actually re-release Star Wars, and it wasn't until I think its first or second re-release that. Did they add the name A New Hope to it and give it I believe oh. the episode uh, title um, it might have had the episode number you know in the original release I can't remember I, I wasn't alive I just don't know that answer <laughs> but they didn't give it the A New Hope title until later.
1: Until they realized they probably needed to it would probably sound better <laughs> right, yeah. that's so interesting and I have a question for you Corinne. it's super important have you seen the Star Wars Christmas special? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I <laughs> have seen parts of it. Um, I had a, a, a copy of it from a, a bootleg, a bootleg copy like every other comic yeah. book nerd. I've seen, specifically, I have seen the Boba Fett sp- uh, animated aspect of, yeah. of it. So uh, Of like
1: the acid trip part of it. Yeah,
0: that, <laughs> like, and that like, animation was so wild. It was oh so wild. But yeah, yeah. I, some people have an affinity for, for the holiday special. I think... I think it's garbage, truthfully. Uh, oh, my
1: God. Absolute garbage. Are you kidding me? I was going to say, like, if you haven't seen it, d- just don't worry. You're you're fine. There's yeah. nothing in there that you need to add to your life.
0: <laughs> no, no. And George Lucas has done everything in, under his power to erase it from just... <gasps> Seriously? If, if George <laughs> For Lucas, good If the technology existed to do a men in black scenario where he could blink us, like every <laughs> person on the planet, to not knowing that the oh, holiday word. special ever even existed, yeah. he would do that. But the funny thing is... And real quick, welcome to the Ongoing Comic Book oh, Discussion Podcast. I'm Corey.
1: I'm Tess. <laughs> and
0: this is, we're actually doing a fun mini episode. This is, we're going to be reviewing The Mandalorian episode one and two. Full mm-hmm. spoilers, just know it now. Eight minutes in, full spoilers. Yep. We're just going to go have fun with it just like we did with the Joker review. Um, mm-hmm. But time and Bat back. Batwoman. Yep. Yep, and Batwoman. But time back real quick to the holiday special. Okay. Um, John Favreau, the guy who, yes. who pretty much created the Mandalorian series with Dave Filoni. Uh, mm-hmm. John Favreau, you know from Swingers, he directed Iron Man and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So he's, he's, his nerd cred is really strong, right. but he has an affinity. For the holiday special, and that's why in this show, The Mandalorian, that's why he has that pitchfork gun thing, because that's what Boba Fett was using oh in that animated holiday special. It's it's in the show because Favreau loves the holiday special, so there are yeah, fans hilarious. for it out there.
1: Wow, that's hilarious. I really liked uh, The Mandalorian's weapon, though. I didn't realize it was electrified until that weird giant hippopotamus (laughs) sucker fish holy cow like i mean you know me i like to just dive right in but my god like the visuals on this thing the the budget they had like it was i was actually like whoa that's actually terrifying
0: it looks Like, like a movie
1: yes and they treated it like a movie i think i don't think they treated it like a series if if you know there's a difference like they really just put everything into this you could you could absolutely tell
0: it it looks amazing yeah right out of the gate just like where to even begin? Just the look of it is yeah. fantastic. Um the episode, the first episode just set the tone for mm-hmm. for the whole thing. And it feels like a western mixed with a samurai. Yes. You know.
1: Yes. That's what I said.
0: And and honestly, like, which is perfect because Lucas is is very open, uh, that like Akira Kurosawa films were were a big influence of him, which are like the, the samurai films coming out of Japan back around uh, you know the seventies. And everything uh, like Seven Samurai, which got turned into The Magnificent Seven as a Western. Mm-hmm. Here, Samurai movies and, and Western films uh, are technically like sort of like the same genre. They they sort of follow the same beats and sort of the same tropes and everything. Like, I can see that. Yeah, I can like see that. samurais are just gunslingers with a sword, you know. And <laughs> and Lucas always like wanted to have elements of you know, the Western stuff and the samurai stuff, obviously with lightsabers, uh, yeah. in star Wars. So this is just a perfect fit that the Mandalorian feels like a mixture between, you know, a Clint Eastwood spaghetti Western and a samurai. <laughs> film.
1: Absolutely. I love that. Oh, that's so awesome. Like, okay. So you are, Corey's obviously our podcast, uh, star Wars ambassador, and he will answer to all questions based on a lifetime of research. Um, <laughs> so, but I, like I said before, I haven't watched it as much. So I, w- I did, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm here for this episode to review it. And I'm like, gosh, I hope I understand it. If not, I got Corey to ask questions. But I didn't want this to be about like a whole thing of a podcast of questions. But the amazing thing about this show is that it answered any question I may have. It caught me right back up it defined everything. Uh, there was even a part where they were like the Mandalorian, like the, the, the toughest guy you never want to mess with or whatever, like the, the fiercest warriors. And I was like, Oh, like I knew that, but I'm like, Oh, the fiercest war, the best. Okay. I'm with it. You know? And it just, I have hardly any story questions. Like now I understand. Well, the only question I have is, okay. So Boba Fett, your, your homeboy. Yeah. Is not a Mandalorian. Correct.
0: Uh, Yes. So when we talk about Star Wars, especially in the past, you know, in a lot of these stories, we have to, like, address whether something is, like, canon or not canon, right, at Mm -hmm. this point, um, because... You know before it was Star Wars, the movies, and then all the comic books and books and everything was were all considered sort of canon and and connected in some way, shape or form. When Disney purchased the uh you know the property from George Lucas, they completely just negated all the extended universe. So the only wow. thing that is one hundred percent canon in the uh Disney Star Wars universe moving forward is ever is all the movies. Uh, the Clone Wars cartoon, the Rebels cartoon, and now anything books and comic books they put out moving forward. So they're creating their own extended universe and, and, and now all of this new stuff is canon and then the old stuff is considered like legacy or whatever. Uh, the point, But to tie it back in, what is always canon is that Boba Fett's a clone of Jango Fett and Jango Fett was a bounty hunter and they never say Mandalorian or, or – or they, they say it in a – actually, you know what? I take it back. They they say it in the Clone Wars cartoon. There's a line, I think season three or season four, where somebody mentions uh, on Mandalore, when a Mandalorian mentions, oh, Django Fett. He just – I don't know where he got that armor from. He wasn't a Mandalorian. So a Mandalorian – Canonically now, a Mandalorian is someone it's not if you wear the armor, it's if you adhere to the to the beliefs of the Mandalorian code or whatever, which we don't know exactly what that is yet, okay. but which because you know we're gonna I think unveil a lot on this show like for example when he met with that blacksmith and she asked if your sig sig, sig- sigil sigil has been revealed yet which meaning mm-hmm. i think your name right like i think she was implying like have you picked a name yet and he said no so i think he hasn't he doesn't even have a name yet because he right. hasn't picked his mandalorian name but um that was a long-winded way nope, to please. say nope. boba fett was I never it. Boba Fett was never a Mandalorian. <laughs> Boba Fett is someone who's wearing Mandalorian armor. Boba Fett is a um he's a perfect clone of Jango Fett whereas all the clone troopers in the prequels, they were made from Jango Fett's, like, uh, genetic code, but they were also kind of created to be docile and to follow orders and everything. And then Boba is his – he wanted a one just perfectly genetic clone. And so, okay. you know, so George Lucas is like, okay, so if Jango Fett is is the greatest bounty hunter in the galaxy, now you know Boba Fett is his son. And now, you know, and then in Empire Strikes Back and everything, you can just assume that Boba Fett is um, – uh, the greatest bounty hunter in the galaxy. And, but after that, like whether he's dead or not in the Sarlacc pit because of the return of the Jedi thing, um, uh- in the old canon, they they actually had him escape the Sarlacc, like and, and had this had this whole life go on and bounty hunting happening after Return of the Jedi. Uh, right now, it's just up in the air. No one at Disney has addressed it yet. You know whether mm. he, you know, what? just let him be dead at this point. Boba <laughs> Fett had his his stuff. He, he did his things. I grew up yeah. with Boba Fett. I love him. Don't ever take it away, the fact that I love him. But. I don't want this guy to be Boba Fett. Like I want him to just to be his own thing. I want to see the Mandalorians from a new aspect, you know? Yeah.
1: I see what you're saying. I get that where you're like, okay, we've heard that story. I want another one or go back. You know what? It's even, it's even better that they go back in time. Cause I feel like you can set up and explain so many more things um, that way. So I think, I think it's awesome. And they have, you know, my favorite thing about a story is when you have more story to tell and it doesn't feel like it's just going to hit a wall. I have so many questions at the end of it. And it's because I'm just curious, like, but what about that? What about that?
0: You know what I mean? So I loved it. What did you think of Warner H- Herzog? <laughs> and it, uh, he was the the old guy that. Yes. They, yeah. And, and he's like oh a famous like director, you know, uh, a movie director. It's like, yeah. why, why did he do this? Like, But I loved him. He oh was gosh. like, bounty hunting is a complicated profession. Yeah, I just loved how yeah. he delivered all of his lines.
1: Mm-hmm. He meant it, too. You know, I listened to this. Um, it was like a cast talk back to, a, to like a live audience or something. It's on YouTube. It's like 40 minutes. Super awesome to watch. Um, and that old guy talked to, who's the guy that plays Boba Fett? Who's all? I mean, who's the guy that plays the Mandalorian? Who's Uh, also in Game uh, of Thrones?
0: Pedro Pascal.
1: Pedro. So Pedro, they were like, "What did you think of? uh, Who was your favorite?" Or blah blah blah. And he like looked him in the eye, and he was like, "When we talked in our scenes, like you put me there more than like." me as a professional actor could ever do. Like he was like you were in it and I was in it and I was like wow, respect. So I was really looking forward to his scene and I was like he just oozed with sincerity in his character. Like he meant it, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I I like how you said that. I cuz I'm not an actor. I don't have any background in that training. Um but like when he's delivering his like lines, I'm sitting there like mouthing them with him because I just <laughs> I like how he talks and and yeah. maybe it's because because, like you said, maybe it's because he just—it's so sincere in his voice. Mm-hmm. Um, but a- as an actor, how cool is it that so far two episodes in, and Pedro Pascal's like you don't see his face. Like, are they going to go yeah. the entire show without without seeing his face? And Ooh. as an actor, like that has to be well. Can it can it be liberating
1: a little bit? Sure. Yeah, absolutely, but but like at the same time, he's he still has to act like he's yes. in that suit and he's saying those words. Maybe he has a microphone, or maybe he does voiceover later. But he like. you can tell just even by like the slight knots and the head tilts he's aware
0: he's aware of how his costume looks at every moment and I feel like a lot of times with the helmet it's it's the way he moves the helmet it's just the same as like when Clint Eastwood would tip his hat down or something (gasps) and and I know that there is like a whole form of acting to like mask acting when you're when you act basically behind a mask Mm -hmm. Um, and you have to you know emphasize different uh, uh, parts of your head and movements and stuff and he does a fantastic job and i i love his lines i there's mm-hmm. little bits of humor in there like with the uh the ig droid in the first episode kept oh wanting, my god that kept, droid he's, <laughs> he's like holy <laughs> cow sorry <laughs> go ahead yeah, no he's like I, he's wanting to self-destruct and or <laughs> the mandalorian's like do not do that <laughs> Stop. No. Yes. Oh, that was
1: good. Oh, I'm sorry. But that droid, what was he called? What kind of droid was it it's, called? I forgot.
0: An, they're called IG units in Empire Strikes Back. He's in the background of the bounty hunter scene. It's oh. not the same droid. That was IG-88. This is technically IG-11. Um, okay. It doesn't mean that there are, you know, 100 of them. I don't know where they get the, the, numer- the numbers from. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so he's an IG droid. We've, I mean, we first saw him in, or his, his assassin droids we first saw them in empire strikes back you know standing Mm. there as one of the bounty hunters oh i didn't realize that yeah when darth vader's you know tells boba fett no disintegrations you know that (laughs) whole scene when he's hiring them uh one of those ig droids is there now granted he just he's just standing there right he's not doing anything um but you know they made toys of them you know we've seen him in comic books you know because he's really (gasps) cool looking but we actually saw them in, in action in the Clone Wars cartoon, uh, which was cool. And they had like kind of different paint jobs. So you know that they're kind of like, they're old. They're like pre Empire right. stuff, you know. And now they're just programmed to be like bounty hunters and things. So to see this, that, that shootout scene, oh my
1: God. That's oh like, oh my God. Star Wars fans, wet dream come true seriously that was awesome and then there was one point where he like it was like not even slow motion but they did slow down his motion where he hopped onto the cannon, and the music and him just like like it was like it was it was a music video <laughs> it was like it was a dance it was beautiful
0: it was awesome it was mm-hmm. absolutely awesome um i i do think i kind of Treaded over you when I asked you about uh, Pedro Pascal, oh. but uh, are, are you enjoying like like his performance as the Mandalorian? Are you you know?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, he's he's awesome. I know he's committed to the character, um, which is important because he realizes his role in the Star Wars universe. Like he's very much a part of it, and I'm sure, I'm sure. If- <laughs> they were like at the beginning of the talk you guys gotta listen to it it's on youtube somewhere um they said like you know what was your favorite part or when did you realize it was a a big deal and he's like um when they said star wars (laughs) like that's when i knew it was a big deal so the fact that he already respects his character in the universe and and you could see it right through his acting it's 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 awesome to watch
0: What about you? Yeah, it reminds me of um, the Dread movie that came out a couple years ago, which I absolutely loved with Carl Urban. Um, Mm. And uh, it's based on the Judge Dread comic series, which they turned into a movie with Sylvester Stallone back in like 90-something. And the thing is that the Judge Dread comic series has been around for like 50 years. And Judge Dread never has once ever taken off his helmet. He has like a helmet on. And in the Sylvester Stallone movie, Sylvester Stallone takes off within like the first 15 minutes minutes. So- when they did the uh, the remake, the gritty Dread remake that was at this point probably five years ago, um, the Carl Urban, um, you know, the actor, he said he's like, "I will only do it if I do not take my helmet off the entire movie," huh. because he's 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 British and he actually grew up reading Judge Dread, so he knew he knew what he that meant. Have, oh my God! Yeah. See, yeah,
1: see, there's a difference. Mm-hmm.
0: And so Pedro Pascal, I I can kind of sense that, especially if his response was like he knows how big of a deal it is to be in a Star Wars movie, I mean, we may not see his face this entire series.
1: And if we don't, it's okay. I mean, he... And you know what? I almost don't want to see it. Yes. Agreed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: But they've said multiple times in both episodes, multiple characters have said that Mandalorians don't take off their helmets. Like, they're just telling us in the show that it it ain't gonna happen, guys. Like, it ain't gonna happen. And... And there's this one shot in this old Boba Fett comic book that is my favorite shot of all time. I even put it on Instagram years ago. I I kind of, like, use it a lot. But anyways, he's talking to somebody, and somebody's like, oh, is that why you don't show your face? And he looks, and Boba Fett looks at the person, like, jerks over and looks at them with his helmet, and he's like, this is my face. And (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if... You know, Filoni and Favreau are aware of that panel and, you know, are sort of adhering to that mythos, which is yeah. that that helmet is his face. It's not mm-hmm. what's underneath because it does not matter. It's that helmet. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome.
1: See, it makes me love it even more. It's like there's so like you can see what's on the screen, but like when you kind of know what's happening, you can you can feel it through. The show. I don't know how to explain that. You could just feel the love that's there. You can feel the the hard work that's been put into it. The heart. You can feel the heart of it.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Um. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. (laughs) I I talk so much. Please. Anytime. Anytime you have something to say, you you override me. Please. No, man.
1: This is your show. Like I think, uh, like we started hanging out like at the beginning of this year, and I think like when this like in the second time we all hung out, you're like the Mandalorian though. It's coming out, you guys. Like you've been talking about it since I've known you, like forever. So no, I'm t- uh, it's totally fine, but I was going to ask you because I felt like this was a huge component of the show. What did you think about all the music? You know what?
0: I loved it. It, it yeah. especially in the second episode when I was rewatching and when he fights that creature with the horn. It is so weird. The music is so weird, and and the the musician he doesn't seem the composer does not seem to be trying to be John Williams, and that's huh, fine. Yeah. Like move like if keep the john williams score for the, for the movies for for the the big episodic films and mm-hmm. give us some differences give us some different options and and the and different stuff and this felt so like bizarrely alien. I mean, you know, yeah. some scenes which was great. That's what you want. You're in a completely alien universe. I you got to remember sometimes like, you know, people are like, "Oh, you know, it doesn't really make sense why Obi-Wan he kind of ages differently like if you sort of track his age in between, you know, because the actor that they use in A New Hope is Sir Alec Guinness is older. Like like they're like, "Oh, if all this adds up, you know, would Obi-Wan wouldn't be that old on the desert, right?" And I'm like I huh. I, I keep telling people it's like A None of these people are human. They're all aliens to us, right? Like right, the, right, there's right. Not a, it's, there's no Earth here. So every single one, even the ones that look like humans, they're technically aliens. Like if we lay yeah, landed on true. our planet, they yeah. would be aliens. So we don't know yeah. how their biology works, all that kind of stuff. And two, like Star Wars has never been about the sci-fi. It's, it's fantasy in space. It's opera in space. And this, you know, I, sometimes I love Rogue One, but it sometimes can like – the wars aspect of Star Wars is not the point of it. The point okay. of Star Wars is to is to tell you know, uh, um, you know, the, the hero's journey to impart some kind of wisdom on the younger audience, you know, because it's supposed to be for kids. But I feel like the Mandalorian is that perfect in between spot between being you know for the older generation and kind of like tech centric and things mm-hmm. sort of make sense and they need to make sense technologically speaking and you got to see him repair his armor but at the same time keeping some mythos there as well yeah. and, and adding some new mythos to it like uh, adding the whole like Mandalorian how they're getting their armor pieces like he, oh my god he yeah, doesn't
1: right? like that
0: was such a cool video game aspect where yeah. like you're gonna be I we're, I, I I think we're going to be seeing him upgrading his armor this entire season. And then at the end of the season, it's going to be all silver looking like his helmet and his pauldron, his right (gasps) shoulder pauldron. Because now his chest piece is messed up. So he's got to get that, you know, uh, taken care of. So I think we're going to see him become at the end of it who he's like supposed to become. Like this is almost going to be like a prequel to, to the Mandalorian almost
1: dude that's aw- that would be so cool like the big reveal just like him like with the Sun and it's like shing and he's just
0: all chrome yeah and all metal looking and dude. and I like how he's getting paid in like metal pieces you know yeah. but, but at the same time there's like some kind of mythos behind the metal because the metal is stronger than any you know it's it's special you can just already tell people want it it's special it's better than than uh, mm-hmm. stormtrooper armor you know and and it's cool Cool, I I love that. And side note, real quick. Speaking of stormtroopers, (laughs) I like side note
1: of your side note. I know, right? (laughs) No, I love it. Corey, go. No, I'm. I'm, I love it. Keep going.
0: I loved seeing the Warner Herzog's dirty. Stormtrooper bodyguards.
1: Okay, I was going to ask you about that. I'm so glad you brought that up. Okay, go. So, why Why were they dirty?
0: <laughs> because this is, after the fall of the Empire, they're just mercenaries. They're probably... Um. St- Alright, first off, we don't know that this is Tatooine. This could be any sort of desert planet. We don't know that this is the same planet from the original Star Wars. Um, and I kind of don't think that it is. But, say it's an Outer Rim planet. Even if it is Tatooine, Tatooine, uh, Luke Skywalker says, if there's a bright spot in the center of the universe, we're the furthest apart from it. So, Tatooine mm was on the outer rim it was away from Coruscant it was away from like the center of the the galaxy and if if all of a sudden you are a garrison of stormtroopers and all of a sudden the empire is like literally in one second oh we're done guys guys it's over well what about my pension what about like food like what about supplies nope nothing nothing's coming literally your job everything's over so yeah. what do hired soldiers what do soldiers what do you do once there's no more war to fight you become mercenaries and mm-hmm. I like you know and I'm sure I'm sure that those stormtrooper bodyguards will be ineffectual against Mandalorian but they wouldn't right. be ineffectual against your average thug you know that's walking around they, they would be intimidating but mm-hmm. you know their armors under disarray and disrepair because they they don't have any access to new facilities you don't I mean, we don't know anything about Stormtrooper, like, private life. What if, like, what if they never clean their armor and they just, you just take your armor, you drop it off, put it in a chute, and you get new armor the next day because it's all the same anyways. We don't know, you know, how it all works. So I like that. I thought it was really cool and a cool visual.
1: Yeah, it was. That was, John and I, we, like, stopped. We're like, wait. Why are they dirty like because they're always so clean and shiny mm-hmm. when you see them you know at disneyland or and uh, as a toy or or as a costume, they're always like white and shiny. I've never seen them so dirty, so I know that makes sense
0: yeah- n- yeah neither of I, neither of any of us that's why it's a it's a really cool visual to have,
1: yeah, okay, another question, baby Yoda, but yeah. that's not yoda <laughs> yeah well What's yeah happening?
0: let's let's uh let's yeah address the <laughs> the 50-year-old elephant in the room. Um, The
1: cutest 50-year-old I've ever seen in my whole life, by the way.
0: Funko is going to sell so many Funko Pops of that. It's going to be insane. Uh, To answer your question, I have no clue. Um, (gasps) They've never really expanded upon Yoda's species before. Mm -hmm. Lucas has always sort of kept that. Close to his chest a little bit. Um, although okay. in the prequels, we saw another one of Yoda's species on the Jedi Council, a female version. Um, so they exist. Um, Yoda's not like by himself. But whether that's – I don't think that's Yoda and her name was Yaddle, by the way. Um, I don't think that's Yoda and Yaddle's kid. Uh it could just be so that leaves two options. One, it's just a random member of their species, right? Okay. Uh, option number two, it's about, they say it's 50 years old given the timeline of when the Mandalorian is supposed to take place, which is, they said, about 10, 10 15 years after Return of the Jedi. So not okay. like right up against Return of the Jedi, but year, years later, you know? So, oh. um, And it's in between, you know, Return of the Jedi and uh, uh, Force Awakens. So it's in between. What numbers are those? uh, uh, Six and seven. So it's in between the last George Lucas one and the the first of the Disney ones. It's it's in that space essentially. Oh,
1: I thought it was like way back when. Okay, got you. No, it's actually. So
0: this is a sequel. Essentially, this is a sequel to the original Star Wars trilogy. Like so. So at this point, so at this point, if Luke. Skywalker was like 19 in the first movie. The the speculation is that he's, you know, probably like around 40-ish here somewhere, you know, in that age range. Um, So what was – oh, where was I going with all of that?
1: Yoda, baby Yoda. Okay, yeah. So (laughs) so
0: if it's either its own species, right, it's either just Mm -hmm. a member of its species or 50 years would have put it right around the time Palpatine came to power – you know, I mean, he had a whole entire clone planet to, to create clones for him, you know, a clone army and everything uh, with Kamino. So did he clone Yoda? Like, did he somehow get uh, a, a genetic sample of from Yoda, maybe during their fight? Maybe uh, if, yeah, I, you know what? Here's, this is crazy. And any one of our listeners, uh, <laughs> this is the first time I even thought of it. but. Okay. In Revenge of the Sith, when Yoda fights Palpatine, and and they're in the uh, Senate room, and Palpatine's throwing all those di- floating disc things at Yoda. At one point, Yoda loses like his cloak, his Jedi robe, and it just kind of mm-hmm. fall. Like, he kind of loses it, and then he's got to escape. Doesn't that baby's robe look very Jedi-esque? Maybe yeah. maybe uh Palpatine retrieved that cloak from uh Yoda. I'm not sure. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know, but he's adorable. But he's adorable. <laughs> yeah. And I oh think gosh. it's awesome. I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. I love everything they're doing with the Force there. But aside from its adorability, what what did you think of like story aspect this is that they're bringing to the table with this?
1: I think that it showed a side of the Mandalorian that we wouldn't have got it was like a father kind of moment or like he does have a heart he does care maybe to show us that um I loved the visual that the director of photography set up for us when it was Yoda and or let's say Yoda well We'll say Baby Yoda. Wait, how about about
0: Cloda? Clone Yoda. Cloda. Cloda. (laughs) Cloda.
1: (laughs) Okay, done. So when Cloda and the Mandalorian are just, like, walking through the lands and the sun is setting and he's, like, floating next to him, I was like, wow, like, that is a great visual. Just, and he was just following him everywhere. And what was the one part? He got into a fight. Oh, no, he ran after the Jawas.
0: Yeah, yeah, when he was going after the Sandcrawler and the little, like, yeah. things just, it's kind of, like, tied to his armor somehow. I like how he can mm-hmm. sort of move it with his, his arm motions because the motion of it's kind of, uh, it's, yeah, somehow it's tied to the Mandalorian's armor. So he mm-hmm. can kind of, like, it's always sort of coming after him, you know, tracking him. But, yeah, I like that, too, how he had to yeah. scale the, uh, has the, and it was coming after him, following him behind.
1: That was great. I, I was, like, at a loss of how they did that because all of a sudden it turns into, like, a rock climbing wall.
0: Yeah. You know, he's, like,
1: going off it, and then those freaking annoying Jawas that are, like, get off. They're, like, throwing, like, bowls and stuff. Like, get off. Like, it was just – that whole scene, like, made me laugh. That was great. It's,
0: and it, we, we talked about it earlier how the show's also keeping its, you know, humor and everything. Uh, first off, <laughs> when he was climbing up that thing, it reminded me of the old, you know – um, Oh, the old Adam West Batman TV show. Sometimes they would walk up the side of the building. (laughs) You know, it kind of reminded me of that. And then... I loved when he got to the top. After all of that effort, he gets right to the top, uh-huh. and there's, like, 20 Jawas, and they all <laughs> shoot him with their, like, their electromagnetic bolt thingy, and he yeah. just falls. Like, he's, he, like, boom. he's just, like, crap. You know, you can even yeah. hear it in his head just, like, ah, <laughs> oh, crap. And uh, I, I like yeah. that a lot. I like the humor. I like the little Jawas. I like the fight scene. Before he encountered the Jawas with the uh, Trandoshans, those lizard-looking dudes, mm-hmm. you saw. Oh
1: yeah, the tadpoles, the giant tadpole-looking things, yeah, <laughs> tails basically.
0: You, you saw so, and that's another of the bounty hunters that you saw in Empire Strikes Back is uh, is Bosk. Um, it's at the. It's, he's right in the first shot where. Uh, Admiral P. It's like bounty hunters. We don't need their scum. And then it kind of oh. the camera kind of pans up Bosk's foot and he's like looking down at him. And that's when, you know, Darth Vader walks over and starts telling all the bounty hunters like, you know, what's what. But that guy, that bounty hunter, his name is Bosk. Uh, he is a Trandoshan. Um, and those three dudes that the Mandalorian fights really quickly at the beginning of episode two, those are all the same species as as that guy. So oh. so they're really... Dave Filoni and, and Favreau are really trying to do the thing that every... What I did as a kid, which was take these cool bounty hunter characters that you saw for literally a minute and a half in Mm -hmm. um, uh, Empire Strikes Back, but then they made toys out of them. So we all played with them and we all just wanted to see what these guys were doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's 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 cool because now we're actually finally getting to see it all.
1: Yeah, it's and well, speaking of seeing it all, I loved even even like the flashback part where we got to get to know the Mandalorian and what happened to him like sometimes flashbacks are so cheesy and they turn another color and you know we go back and it's like okay and we spend way too much time in the flashback they literally were going flashback flash forward flashback flash forward and it was enough to piece together why he is the way he is and again warriors they are made from the ashes of their trauma so it just showed you know what his trauma was and where, you know, he's led to, we can only assume at this point, but it's probably the reason why he's a Mandalorian is probably for revenge. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And, and I, I like when they were, the lady was making his armor, the bla- the blacksmith lady, uh, you know, she, she is making him a, an arm pauldron for his shoulder. And mm-hmm. then she said something about like the excess, uh, of that metal, right. that, that, They she doesn't use for his shoulder pad will be used. Uh, to basically help a bunch of foundlings create their armor, and that's when he was like, mm-hmm. oh, "I was a foundling once." So it's <laughs> there, there's, this yeah. of, there's this sense of there's a sense of arm uh, honor going on, and it's it's you know there's a sense of community and like like they're actually they're looking out for each other. They're not just all about just themselves. Which mm-hmm. you know I think that's a bit of a different take on bounty hunters. You know you always see bounty hunters as being kind of like very self absorbed and everything, mm-hmm. and I feel like yes. right yep. yeah and and this feels like it was a it was like cool they're showing you that they're they're more of a community personally me my biggest surprise was not the yoda the clodal um the cloda (laughs) (laughs) Cloda. it was not the cloda um although i was shocked by it but i was like but you know what after the initial shock was gone i was like you know what that actually makes sense i I, Mm -hmm. i can see filoni doing this because yeah but um my biggest personal shock was seeing other mandalorians walking around yeah. in the sewers like that just just but just and they all have their armor on and they're mm-hmm. just playing checkers or chess with their armor and I was just like oh my god like I'm just like huh, huh, looking everywhere you know <laughs> and uh, it's it's cool I, I was not expecting at all to see more mandalorians oh really Mm-mm. i thought he was going to be the only one and it was going to be like he's the mandalorian it's a big mystery like i, I felt like they were i thought they were just going to keep that societal aspect a mystery but it seems like they're not which is neat
1: super neat and it's like they could be the world's greatest like army <laughs> but their their own individual uh like hunters and i'm gonna go back to what you said about you know the egotistical usually egotistical bounty hunters what i loved about this Mandalorian was that they're highly intelligent they could lip, rip every single person they come across limb for limb and some like egotistical bounty hunters do but it was like he was very careful in every move that he made like and it really just made you respect what they do, even more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: And I like the fact that he got hurt. I, I don't. Mm-hmm. I like yes. the fact that just he just got constantly just messed up and you just really saw the the point of the armor and mm-hmm. you know you even see his determination when when you know everything is, is destroyed on him essentially he's fighting that big horned creature in the you know for the egg and he just <laughs> he, he barely gets up he's on one knee and he just pulls out a knife as it's like running at him and he, he knows he's gonna die he's not gonna survive this but like he's like alright I, but I gotta try like I'm not gonna mm-hmm. just lay down and die and you know that's when the the, the Clotel used the Force. The Force, yeah. So <laughs> and so you got to figure too. Yeah, you don't know how much people even know of the Force. You know, out there in the outer rims, you don't. There's no Jedi's anymore. You don't see anything uh, force wise. You know, after you know, even though Luke is, I think, rebuilding his Jedi Order at this point, uh, still your average Joe schmo doesn't know about the Force or has just barely heard of it, you know, and just kind Mm -hmm. of, like, happenstance. Even Han Solo talks about that in the first Star Wars movie. He's like, look, I've been from every end of this galaxy and back, and I have never seen anything that, you know, give me any indication that there's something controlling everything, right? Like, it's just, like, these people are just operating in a normal well, quote-unquote you know normal not normal to us but normal to them <laughs> world and stuff so that's to them that's magic just as mad much as magic is to us here you know Hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah absolutely and i wonder well okay so i feel silly asking this but i have to ask um so the jedis don't exist anymore in this world
0: right so so do you all right so in timeline wise Uh, canonical movie timeline wise uh, this is now about 50 years after Revenge of the Sith and Revenge of the Sith is the time period where uh, Anakin Skywalker turns into Darth Vader and then purges, they purge all the Jedis and that's when there's barely any Jedis left in the galaxy when um, A New Hope, uh, episode 4, the original Star Wars, when that movie starts like Obi-Wan is in he knew he's in hiding he's not he's never using his powers in public right he can't have mm-hmm. anyone see him because there are imperial spies everywhere looking for jedis all over the galaxy because yeah some slip, a lot of them slip through the fingers of of the empire but for the most part the empire wiped out like 99.9% all of the jedis in the galaxy and then mm-hmm. so you just have to extrapolate moving you know even 30 years after that event or or 50 years after that event and just people are just like yeah i remember stories about jedis like oh jedis weren't they something you know hundreds of years ago mm-hmm. they they don't apply to my life today essentially and and but back in their heyday they were the peacekeepers of the entire galaxy you know and wow. and that, and but that's also why they didn't need an army because uh, every system sort of had its own you know uh, police force and everything and Jedi's would just be the going out into the the universe and different planets and you know it was the Republic but you know they they didn't have an army there was no centralized army and that was the whole point of Palpatine creating the clone army and everything in the prequels to create this giant army for him to take to thus control and take over the galaxy but prior to the events of of the Phantom Menace, or actually prior to the events of Attack of the Clones, you you know, there's a central planet Coruscant in the Senate with millions upon millions of delegates from all the planets all over the world. But like if mm-hmm. one planetary system says, We're having problems, we're having problems with Mandalorians, can you guys send some help? Help us out? Well, first off, the bulk of your soldiers are going to be made up of just the people from that star star system, right? And then you send a couple Jedi's to, to basically be judges and, you know, and, and make sure, conduct everything first, you know, try negotiations, yada, 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 go the peaceful route and everything. And usually that worked, but that's why Palpatine had to create a false war with the separatists, mm-hmm. creating the separatists in the, in the Phantom Menace and everything, creating this false war so that he could— Get the the to justify the creation of a centralized army that he could then thus control and thus take over the galaxy. Palpatine is the greatest mastermind in 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 in, in the galaxy. Wow. He is yeah. he's he's playing, unlike our our president thinks he's playing. Palpatine really <laughs> is playing four D chess. He truly was playing four D chess. <laughs>
1: Whew. Did you guys write all that down? Man, feel, if, <laughs> I, I love it. I, I'm not making fun of you at all. <laughs> I'm so
0: sorry. I
1: no, I'm, just, I, <laughs> I, I'm I love it, and I'm gonna listen to this when we put it out and be like, oh, I didn't, I didn't pick that up when he said that. That that was a lot of information, and we should interview you and in like. A Star Wars knowledge contest, or if there's Star Wars trivia game, um, you're on my team. <laughs> yeah,
0: yes, I, I I do really good in <laughs> Star Wars trivia. Sadly, you know that there are a gazillion people just more knowledge than I do, right? Like it's it's insane. Can you imagine? but but i i mean i've been rambling like i want your perspective on this i i like your perspective on on this uh uh uh, you know i don't want to hear about like all this crazy history about it i want to know like just just the mandalorian itself like how it's how it's resonating you know today
1: yeah um well i like so i have studied some film i work in TV. um, And so I have a general knowledge of what goes on, like in the background, as do you. You have a film major, which is awesome. So you will be with me in the appreciation of just how beautiful all the pieces were sewn together. Like we said before, the amazing music, the colors, the director of photography, I don't know who that is, and I always like to find that person because I think they paint such beautiful pictures, especially in the Star Wars universe. Um, I love that they didn't just try to pick pick up where they left off or blah, blah, blah. They really did try to get everyone on board it's kind of like our podcast. You can pick up anywhere on our podcast and understand what's going on because I'm asking the questions like, "But why?" You know, they but they they definitely were very conscious of their audience, both uh new fans and old fans alike. You know, you guys saw the minor minor minute details that they put in there and I I saw it it was more of just like a, a movie, a show, you know, more like a movie. Um <clears throat> but it was just Absolutely gorgeous, stunning from top to bottom. So much heart. I can't wait for the next one. I've never seen a show this amazing, ever.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and, not even as a Star Wars fan, just pure like action. I I took a when I was watching rewatching it today, the first episode. I took a video of that uh, IG Eleven slash Mandalorian like shootout. I was I just took a video from my buddy because uh, he he doesn't have Disney Plus, and I just Aww. sent it to him. And he was like, he just was like, sweet Christmas. That's all he said. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, dude. I was appropriate. like, appropriate. <laughs> it's everything you ever wanted, bro. Like everything. Dude. Get that Disney Plus. You know. <laughs>
1: Get that Disney. Plus. Plus, this is not sponsored by Disney Plus, but it should be because we are loving it. (laughs) Yeah, we. Yes,
0: I am. I'm loving it. I, uh, my wife's loving it. I know you're loving it. Your husband's loving Mm -hmm. it. Everyone's having a good time with it right now.
1: It's so awesome and what's so funny and sweet is that my my grandmother, Nanny, she lives with us and we're, you know, John and I are a bunch of nerds so like sometimes we're having breakfast to watching like Batman the Animated Series and sometimes we're, you know, watching, the other day she watched Step Brothers with us, like we just watch like awesome nerdy films and dumb films and at first she was kind of like, you guys watch Batman in the morning? We're like, yeah, you don't, but like she is now used to it and so when we got Disney Plus it was like oh you know she knew that she was on for the Disney ride so but we, she was born in 1933 so we went back to all like the old and she was like oh Swiss Family Robinson oh Pinocchio that was my favorite when I was a kid when she was like 10 and I was just like Disney is for everyone we were watching the Mickey Mouse Club we watched I don't know we watched Snow White and she loved it.
0: Did you see because I haven't looked yet did you see when you're looking through the older stuff 20,000 leagues under the sea do they have that yes oh I'm watching that yeah have you seen
1: that no, but I do know that the octopus—I just remember—no, I saw it once when I was a kid. I remember the octopus. Yeah,
0: yeah. So the when I was a kid, when I went—so when I went to Disney World for the first time, I was like, I think, 9 or 10 or something like that. So it was probably, probably around 88, you know, somewhere around there. And the—you know, what is now the Tarzan treehouse was, for me, yeah. the Swiss Family Robinson treehouse.
1: Oh. They just— They just
0: switched some stuff around but kept, like, everything the same. Um, But for me, that was the Swiss Family Robinson one. And then the Finding Nemo ride that you have now, the submarine ride, when I was growing up, that was the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea ride. So, So that submarine, how it's like a yellow submarine now, back then it looked like the the sub in the movie. And, Mm -hmm. you know, but, you know, they have to change it because, you know, that movie is not relevant anymore. But if you have not seen it, Check that one out. That one's a cool one. And this is for everyone, all the listeners. That one, 20,000 Leagues <laughs> Under the Sea is a freaking cool movie.
1: Uh, the, and they've tried to make a, a couple of, um, I don't know what do you call them, just newer versions yeah. of them. But it's never as, do you think that those are any better than uh, nah, the old one?
0: No, nah, I like the original. And the the sub <laughs> looks so cool. I just yeah. loved everything about it as a kid. I'm, I'm yeah. excited to rewatch that one.
1: Let's go back to a time with no GFX. Like you yeah, know what I'm saying? Like
0: yeah. no CGI. I know. No
1: CGI. Yeah, Golly.
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, although I will say in this, well, the CGI on, on Cloda looks looks really good. Uh, yeah. all the CGI looks good, but it, I like all the practical people, you know, effects and everything that they're doing. <sighs> mm-hmm. um, especially in the first episode, that blue guy, his his makeup was amazing.
1: Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, I hated that guy. I was oh, like, oh. Go away.
0: <laughs> oh, see. I've he was heard- a
1: bad guy, though. Yeah, he
0: was, he was a bad, bad guy, guy. but like, so That's why I
1: hated him. <laughs> what,
0: you know, I was going to say, what did you hate about him? Because I was listening to another podcast, and they hated him, too. I liked him.
1: Well, uh, at first, I was like, oh, no, poor guy. Don't hurt him. And then I saw him when he was like, hey, thanks. And the way he said thanks, and I, out loud, I was like, he's a bad
0: guy. He's a bad guy. He's done something.
1: I just knew it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, OK, so ba- Bosk. The guy yeah. who like kind of he's like his sensei for a little bit there. Oh, is that his? Is that him? No, Wait, no,
0: no. Bosque was one of the bounty hunters. Um, in okay. yeah, uh, which one Who are we talking about? The
1: the guy I was gonna comment on the puppetry on it. It was the guy that says I have spoken. Oh, oh, when he's oh, oh. yes.
0: Yeah, so that is yeah. We've even talked about. I think his name's Quee yeah. or something. Okay, I okay loved him, and okay. he is in uh, his species. He's an Ugnot, and you saw them. <laughs> In Empire Strikes Back, they were the ones that worked on the carbon freezing chamber in Cloud City.
1: Okay. They were the yes. ones
0: that were trying to. Remember when Chewbacca had to go get the pieces of C-3PO from the trash area? Yes. They they were the little pig creatures, so he's one oh. of them and they are they are very technologically savvy. That's why they're mm-hmm. always working on things. Uh and that's why you know, he was able to pretty much put the entire ship back together, you know, in in a day. That was awesome. Yeah. That was
1: an awesome scene, like, putting it all back together. I just loved how his face moved, Mm -hmm. you know? I have such a deep respect for puppetry and how much that takes out of, you know, to make it look like it's an actual being. They did a fabulous job. Yeah. Holy moly.
0: Yeah. Absolutely amazing. I, I love that character. I hope we see more of that character, but, you know, knowing that I think this is only, like, a 10-episode season or something, mm-hmm. um, you know, if we just get characters here and there coming and going, and, you know, that's, I'm fine with that. Although, I'm very much waiting for uh, Gina Carano. I'm, I'm excited for her, uh, her, whatever character she plays. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think we, we know her name, uh, you know, they've they've released, Kara, yeah, yeah, something like that. They've released a lot of stuff, um, you know, promo stuff for her, although, I was I was assuming that he was she was going to be one of the Mandalorians like you know posse um, you know I think it, so. and now we're two episodes in and we haven't even seen her yet but I'm personally very much excited to see her because I I like badass female warriors and I yeah. want to see like what <laughs> she can do you know
1: yeah absolutely and um, the only thing about her. Uh, And I saw her in the talk that I've been talking about. I'll put a link on our page or something to show you guys. But it's a super cool talk. Um, But anyway, she talks about how – Oh, no, no. Sorry. I lost my train of thought. Okay. This is why I was worried. I was worried because she's not a very good actress. Mm. She's been in Fast and Furious, another rock movie, and something else. And anytime it was her line, she would have, like, one line, and it was awfully red. Like, Awful, but she can do. She's beautiful. She's muscular. She can do stunts. She can. She. She's probably easy to train when it comes to like fight scene. So she's very definitely like valuable. But her acting is no bueno. So I'm curious if she is a Mandalorian because that would be appropriate.
0: <laughs> you
1: know what I mean? I'm sorry, yeah. but. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think actually, uh, yeah, I don't know if this is a spoiler, but I think they announced in promo uh, that she's actually a an ex Rebel shock trooper. Um, okay. So I don't, I don't know if she's actually going to be a Mandalorian or just like another, you know, tough. You know, ex-war veteran, essentially, you know, mm-hmm. but I think she's got something to do with the rebellion or, you know, ties okay. to the rebellion, which I guess would make her a, technically a good guy. Although we did see in Rogue One that people with ties to the rebellion still tend to can do bad things like in, yeah. in Rogue One when Cassian Andor shoots that guy in the back, you know, that so he, he could escape, you know, at the beginning of the movie. So mm-hmm. you see that not every rebel is a good person.
1: Right they're driven by anger, sometimes not always in a good way, yeah, I got gotcha. you, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly, exactly, so but i'm I'm excited to see where the show goes i'm yes. I can't wait to for can't wait for episode three and and that's next Friday, so oh, man, we got spoiled with two episodes in one week, but hopefully, yeah. maybe the next episode will be a little closer to an hour um i I've heard that they had about eight hours worth of content, so Low. If, if there's okay. ten if there's ten episodes. That makes sense if a couple of them are maybe two-parters, like, you know, broken into 30 minutes a piece, and then maybe we'll get a couple one-hour episodes in the middle. Maybe the finale will be an hour and 15 minutes. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. But it seems like... It seems like they do not care whatsoever to old old ways of, you know, uh, this show has to be 22 minutes for TV or this show has to be, you know, what, uh, oh, uh, 40, right, right, right. Four, uh, 39 minutes, whatever an hour long show has to be. For the commercials yeah, for or the commercials, yeah. yeah None mm-hmm. of that matters to them whatsoever because yeah. this is never going to go on TV. It's always going to be streaming.
1: Oh, my God. It is it is a treasure. And, Corey, I'm so glad that you liked it because you had such hot, have such high hopes for it the whole entire season as a whole and I think they're off to like a freaking fabulous start dude yeah. and I know that you agree you're like grinning from ear to ear I know you're <laughs> excited to do this podcast so and you've already watched it twice I, and I, I mean, could, if
0: I didn't have uh, two more hours of Cyborg to edit for podcasting after dark which will probably take me a good six hours to get woo! through uh, okay. I would watch them yeah. again but sadly I, I just don't have the time um, but if the runtime stay this short for the entire series, I can see myself easily binging this show after it's done, or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, right before the finale episode comes, just watching all the ones before, because it's so easy, it, it's so bite-sized and easy, and it's it didn't feel like 30 minutes, the second episode, it was so jam-packed no. with, with goodness from beginning oh to end, that it yeah. just, it, it didn't feel like 30 minutes in a good way, right? Mm-hmm
1: i couldn't keep up with my i can't read some of my notes so i was writing so fast because there was so much happening yeah. like i was trying to read my notes this morning i'm like i have no idea but i was very excited And there's a lot of exclamation exclamation points
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, it, do you have any any questions uh uh any lingering uh <clears throat> oh uh, i have Wondermans? one question yeah
1: so i want to i think you said it before but i want you to say it again so say it in okay so if we're watching the Star Wars movies and one day when all of this entire series is out and somebody let's say us probably want to watch it from beginning to end the entire Star Wars universe, let's say, where would this be right after you, like, you
0: would you would and you know if say there's no other shows or movies right that are happening but like you yeah. would watch uh, episodes one, two and three. Uh, okay. Then you would watch Solo, then you would watch Warp. Rogue One and five. then you would watch um uh the original trilogies uh, episode 4, 5 and 6. six.
1: Oh, okay. Right. So gotcha. so
0: yeah cuz so episodes 1, 2 and 3 are Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith. Then five. episodes 4, 5 and 6 are A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, right? That's okay. the original George Lucas trilogy uh from back in the day. So gotcha. uh Solo and then Rogue mm-hmm. One would be inserted in between the, uh, the, the prequels, okay. the the prequels, and mm-hmm. you know episodes one, two, and three, and episodes four, five, and six. And mm-hmm. then you would insert uh, the Mandalorian. This one. Right after episode seven, uh, Return of the Jedi, and before okay. the J.J. Abrams Disney movie, you know when Star Wars came back, uh, uh, Force Awakens. It goes it. in between those those two movies. Although okay. the gap of time between those two movies is huge. Um, okay, you know it's 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 like what thirty years, twenty five years, whatever. It's it's huge. So. I, we're gonna you're gonna see Disney telling a lot of stories in that gap in that time frame in between there. but, Provided there's nothing else happens, you know, like if you just looked at it from right now, that's where it would sit. It would come. You'd watch this right after Return of the Jedi, so
1: which is number seven. Seven. So you would okay.
0: see Luke Skywalker, you know, kill Jabba, or you'd see Princess Leia kill Jabba the Hutt. You would okay. see, you know, Luke Skywalker fight Darth Vader and kill him. You see Darth Vader throw uh, Palpatine, and you see all, you know, the bit. Everyone wins. It's all good, and then. Right when that's over, you'd pop this in and you'd watch The Mandalorian, knowing that now the, that the Empire has fallen. There's no more Empire. So anytime you see stormtroopers and stuff, it's it's remnants. It's all remnants of the Empire. But you got to figure, just like when Rome fell, there's going to be, mm-hmm. like, it, it, they were so big, so expansive. The Empire was right. so expansive that y- there's going to be all kinds of pockets that are still loyal to the Empire. They're still, you know, uh, I mean, and still fully functioning, too, probably. Because, you know, like they have actually facilities at at their like, what if it's a planet that created all the Stormtrooper armor still controlled by people loyal to the Empire, you know, Mm -hmm. the the new Republic might not be able to even take that planet back because it's just And that planet feeds then the First Order that comes later. So I think you're also going to see how uh, you might see how the First Order sort of rises up out of all out of the remnants of the Empire. But for right now, the first order being the the bad guys in the the sequel era, being the the Disney era essentially, Disney stuff. yeah, Abrams, with yeah. with Kylo Ren and Ray and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, that's not the Empire; that's the First Order. And mm-hmm. um, you know, where do they come from? Who's funding them? Where are they getting all their their munitions from? Like, you can't have a war machine without something funding said war machine, right? And I think we're going to find out in the next movie that it was Palpatine. Funding the war machine the entire time, but I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but you got to figure that out in the out in the universe, out in the Star Wars universe. There's all these little pockets that are that are still loyal to the Empire, and but you know, in some places like it seems like this place, it's it's so remote that you know that. Even when the empire existed, that these stormtroopers—they were, you know—they probably still even had to wait like, you know, weeks for for new gear and stuff. Like you right, mm-hmm. even then they were probably a little bit dirty and and you know used to like kind of roughing it. And then now they're just completely cut off. And what do you do then for money? You got to eat. You gotta you gotta yeah. live, right? And work for anybody. Yeah, man. you're a soldier, <laughs> so you're yeah. hot. You're a gun for hire, essentially.
1: That's true. It's like they're not very picky.
0: Yeah, why? Why (laughs) would they be? They're just loyal. (laughs) I mean, they weren't very picky when they worked for the empire to begin with. So, yeah, yeah, it's very true. You gotta, and and, and, you know, you gotta figure too. um, I always thought, I always thought this was kind of cool when I was a kid, but you gotta figure that a lot of those x-wing fighter pilots in the original Star Wars movies they were trained how to fly on tie fighters they are most of those mm. guys and gals are ex Imperials like you, you you get your training at the at the Imperial Academy Luke even wanted to go to the Imperial uh, academy when he was a kid when right? he was a kid and to learn yeah. how to fly because that's like that's the only game in town. If you want to learn how to fly, right. you just you join the Imperial Academy, you become a TIE Fighter. But you you're essentially you're you're a TIE Fighter pilot. Like, you know, yeah. his 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 friends, like some of those guys, uh like I said, and Gal, pilots of the X Wings and Y Wings and everything, they were originally TIE Fighter pilots.
1: I didn't know all that. Dang, I love your passion, Corey. I really do. It's awesome. I love that you love it so freaking much. That's great. Really, I,
0: I do. It 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 might be unhealthy. <laughs> I don't know.
1: No, Oh, no. you know what? If there ever is a Harry Potter comic book, that I'm I'm the uh, the ambassador for that.
0: Oh, that so. would be awesome. I'd read that with you. <laughs> I I would go down that rabbit hole with you.
1: Right, oh man, that why is it not a comic book? I mean, hello, I actually, I
0: just thought that I was like, why is it not a comic book that's actually yeah. seems fantastic,
1: <laughs> yeah, it seems like uh made for a comic book because right. we I mean movies have so much of a budget, but like a comic book does not have a budget, so yeah. go ham, <laughs> yeah, exactly,
0: huh, that's interesting i'm I'm I would be surprised if there was one in development somewhere, right? Yeah. I don't know.
1: I'm wow. Like, huh. Gosh, next episode yeah. we try to figure <laughs> out why there is no Harry Potter comic book.
0: Exactly. Oh, What's man. the deal? Um all right, that was that was awesome. I mean, I can honestly, I can honestly keep going. Uh, yeah. But this is this is just a mini episode that we were supposed to do. <laughs> that was maybe going to go for thirty minutes, and of course, it's like over an hour. Uh, yeah, we
1: were like, hey, if we get this under an hour, blah blah blah. I was like, in my head, I was like, Corey, Corey, we are not getting
0: under an hour. Wow. This is your show. Yeah, there's no shame, no
1: shame, but bro, no shame. Uh, 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 all right, well,
0: Tess, uh, where can we find you online? <laughs>
1: You can find me at Tessianos. That's T-E-W-S-W-L-A-N-O-S. And Corey, where can we find you in cyberspace?
0: Cyberspace. Uh, you can find me on <laughs> Instagram at Corey Nation, and you can find me on a. Uh, Bunch of different podcasts here and there. I promote it all the time. You'll hear it. You you, you know You know what they are.
1: <laughs> if you find me, you'll find him, and then you'll find everything else. Ex- there's a way.
0: Exactly. Where there's a will, there's a way. But what, I, what I would love for you guys and gals to do is please, please, please leave us a five-star review on Apple yeah. Podcasts if you enjoy the show. And if you enjoy the show, share it with a friend. Let other people mm-hmm. know about it, right?
1: Yeah, give us a little shout-out, and we'll give you a shout-out for your shout-out. It'll be awesome.
0: Would you like some more shout-outs with your shout-outs?
1: Yeah, can I sprinkle some shout-out on that for you? Yeah. (laughs) I love it. I love it.
0: Nice. Me Uh, too.
1: (laughs) All right, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast. I'm Tess.
0: And I'm Corey. And may the Mandalorian be with you.
1: I have spoken.
0: (laughs) I love it. Perfect. (laughs) Woo! This has been another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion with Tess and Corey. Follow us at OCD Podcast on Instagram and Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast on Facebook. You can also review us on iTunes, follow us on Spotify, and support us on Patreon. Tune in next week for another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion with Tess and Corey.